0: morning, San Diego. How is everybody doing today? It's Tiffany Nelline with Fit Talk Podcast. It's good to be here. Again, it's 7 o'clock in the morning and the house is quiet, which is usually a good indication that I can really give a good uh, update. Today is Caretaker Crossroads. I want to talk about how things are going, the last couple of um, insights with Caretaker Crossroads, and the reason I designed that part for Alzheimer's was because I was at the crossroads of putting dad in the nursing home for memory support, for more support, safer support. And then the quarantine hit like within weeks of something of that nature happening. And wow, have we learned that a lot of things have happened with the nursing homes and it's so upsetting and sad. And I feel for everyone out there, but I almost had my dad in the middle of that. And, you know, God has a way and nature has a way of having its way. And so instead, we've been quarantined together. Um, The rest of my family lives about four blocks away. Um, I have three kids and two of them. We kind of all share with their dad living a few blocks away. So it's been very, very supportive and convenient um, for me in support of my dad. So um, here we are. I basically made changes to his home that allowed more comfort sitting. I changed furniture. I moved beds out. I mean the middle of a winter storm in this quarantine. I had plumbers at his house. I had to change his washer and dryer because that went out. We had all of these things that I had to get done to make dad's home safe um, for the time, the common being, right? So it was a very trying first few weeks, um, trying to stabilize dad and him understanding that we are in a quarantine and he couldn't go out to his favorite coffee houses. I couldn't explain what was happening thoroughly because he just couldn't and cannot comprehend what's happening, and that is fine. So I'm trying to just keep him as comfortable as possible, and he keeps asking, aren't you going to work today? (laughs) So it's kind of neat because I'm with him every day, and so he still wonders, like, why are you here? (laughs) So um, we have mellowed out quite a bit. And another important topic I had to um, bring up about that is In order for me to truly stabilize my dad, I had to up his um, sedation um, to daytime, and that was a really tough uh, decision to make, and it's been really hard for me to witness. Um, Sedation in the sense of melatonin, a lot more CBD. Um, He does have a night med of Seroquel, and I have done a daytime dose of that, and so he... um, He's much more mellow and is willing, but it, it does change the body and it doesn't slow you down and it makes you lethargic. And, and that's been really hard as a, as a educated home health provider. I know what I'm doing and I know I have to do it. And I also understand that, uh, they all do it at the nursing homes. And now I understand why, whether I agree or not is not even the point. The point is, is that I had to do that and it had, heavy consciousness on my mind and um, that in exchange for having to do that definitely locked me in with him he goes nowhere without me and I go nowhere without him or someone in his presence because um, we just won't leave dad alone anymore we just can't we won't and so um, that is the trade-off as the care provider, and that's the crossroads uh, that I took. That at this point, dad is now more stable, so I've eased up on that sedation. We're more active together, we're watching movies together. Um, <clears throat> I get those lucid moments, and so <clears throat> I remind him that all of his bills are paid. During those lucid moments, which I might only get 20 minutes a day, I'm reminding him that he has plenty of money in his bank. Um, I remind him that the coffee house has has a basket of credit for him to just go in and get what he wants. He doesn't have to worry about money. All the things that a normal adult worries about, he worries about for about 20 minutes a day. And so I'm right there to remind him, all of your bills is in this box. If anything happens to me, you'll know exactly how to pay your bills. All the information for your healthcare, dad and all the things you need is right here in this folder. If anything should happen to me, just point to that place and everybody will know what to do. I give him back his power in that time we have together. And then when he falls back out, then it's back onto the job. And so I'm in that groove with him. I understand him. He understands me. Uh, I'm not always Tiffany. I'm that lady. I'm the boss lady. I'm the mama bear. I'm <laughs> he, uh, he's so funny. Uh, but I'm not always Tiffany. He doesn't always recognize me. Um, He knows my voice, but he doesn't know who I am sometimes. But he has different titles for me. So I roll with that because those different titles don't change. But me as Tiffany, his daughter, has. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. And care providers for Alzheimer's, we have to understand as they're unwinding, their language is changing. And it's up for us to adapt to their language. And that's the mystery and the frustration is, oh my gosh, this is not normal. Well, it's never going to be normal. So I just sort of adapt to him. And he starts to talk about midway and high security and surveillance and and this and that. And he talks in code and he starts to sound like he's a paranoid schizophrenic. And sometimes he just talks into this code. And I finally just like relaxed about it and said, Maybe you can read between the lines and just let him, you know, unravel himself and let him be. Because sometimes when I hear him, I go, oh, I think I know what he's talking about. He means he's trying to say something else or make sure the doors lock when you come inside. He just has another way of saying it now. And I get it. And, um, that's the closeness we experience with our loved ones with Alzheimer's that we have to learn their language and loving them through it and adapt and start to speak their language. so sometimes I get into it most of the time I'm not into it, <laughs> but again, it's just this rolling process. My daughter lives with us now, uh, my son is safely back in Colorado. My daughter, who is eleven years old, is living with us. Bless her heart, Sophia and she loves to be with mom and I love to have my girl with me she wants to help me and she wants to just sort of take a break we're all just sort of going back and forth like I said and so my poor daughter at the same time that um I'm happy to have her here and she's such a. Um, very mature, wise young girl beyond her years. I also have to watch her mental health because um, she also has succumbed to the craziness of what this all is. And so I'm very keen in observing her mental stability and well-being. I'm checking in with her all the time. And I've had conversations with her dad that um, we shouldn't Um, you know, we need to pull back on some things. Or if I see more red flags, I think maybe it may not be the right environment. Um, That's only because, you know, some, most families don't have the opportunity to like separate and do these things. You just have to, you know, deal and be resilient. Um, But we are in a different situation. So we do leverage that and Um, use that to our capacity in sharing our children in a beautiful um, communal way um, as separated parents okay so it is um, of the most high maturity that we're all having right now um, on so many levels and so I stand in um, support of my daughter and honor her for being so willing and yet Um, having to keep a very close eye, pull her back and not let her get too emotionally moved by any of this. So that's part of the family uh, dynamics we all have to take into account is to make sure we're checking in on our children that are just the byproduct byproduct. So um, staying strong to that is really, really important that we keep an eye on the well-being of the others around us. We have the most high resilience. As the as the main care provider, we are strong like buffalo, but our children and our loved ones and the surrounding family may not. And so it's not fair for us to have such strong expectations. And so it's better to keep an eye on their uh, emotional well-being through this as well. Um, that's about it i'm enjoying um you know i don't even want to get into anything else about how i feel about the coronavirus we're just we're just talking about caretakers crossroads and alzheimer's living and understanding and it's uh we're doing okay Um, you can get through this together but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience and you got to slow down and this quarantine will lift and he's 84 years old and i'm honoring who he is as a high risk person in the community. And so you gently uh, keep him where it's safe and your loved ones where it's safe. And we can do this together um, in unity. And so, um, caretaker crossroads, thank you for sticking in. Papa's doing good. We're all doing well. Just checking in. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, God bless you all. And thanks a lot for tuning in to Fit Talk Podcast.